Praise the Lord, everyone. We're back for part two of the Broadway that leads to destruction. So we covered a lot of points uh, in our last segment. Uh, we looked at uh, the end of Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, where he talked about the two roads and the two gates, the narrow gate and the broad road that leads to destruction. He also then warned about false prophets and then he warned about the people who stand before him in judgment day that he confesses that he never knew them even though they did works in his name cast out devils in his name miracles in his name and uh prophesied in his name and his declaration was depart from me you workers of lawless lawlessness or destruction i never knew you and then he gives the parable of the two builders, one who builds his house on the rock, one who builds his house on the sand. We also looked at a few commentators of how they broke down uh, 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 the narrative of the two gates at least. Uh, and some just basically said one was a, you know, a religion versus uh, coming to Christ. But the way we've been dealing with this is, is this isn't so much about the world or the atheists and everybody else that that's not a Christian being on the road. No, these are all people who think they're on the right road, think they're headed to heaven, but they are on one is on the right road, one is on the wrong road. The people that are on the broad road do not realize they're on the road to destruction excuse me, they're on the road that everybody else is on and everybody else is doing it. So all these people can't be wrong, right? Uh, wrong. And so what we're dealing with now is the effects of how false prophets, how lasciviousness has come into the churches, how you just see all sorts of wildness and wild doctrine, wild teaching, all these things. And these things are happening within the Christian community. And so this is so this is some of the things that Jesus is talking about because it's not happening outside of the church, it's happening inside. And so one of the things that we said in our last segment was this is a terrible thing to go to hell through the doors of the church. Now, I mean, if you're gonna go to hell, you might as well just step out and just gonna do what you're gonna do because you because you, you got you the wages of sin is death you got to pay for that glory to God but why end up in hell and you're and you're going to church every Sunday see that's the that's the that's the troubling thing about those who have gotten on the broad road they're on a road that's leading to destruction they think they're on the right one and so, uh, and we find out that false prophets have a lot to do with this. So we're going to get back into our lesson. And uh, uh, again, uh, we're going to uh, continue uh, right where we left off. Rejecting sound doctrine. The rejection of sound doctrine. This is mostly a result of false prophets and what they do is they come in with a word from the Lord, right? But the word from the Lord, the word from the Lord is never from the scriptures. It's always some esoteric word that they have gotten, some subjective word that they have gotten from who they say is God gave them this. And the church is then led by a series or people who claim to be hearing from God. Now they don't think. Now they might, they may take a text and then shut the Bible and go on somewhere else, uh, like Jim Jones used to do. Jim 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 Jones, as a matter of fact, used to he he would preach from the Bible for a while 
Uh, what I mean by that, there was a time that he did actually take a text, but then he just got to the place where he stopped using the Bible at all. And people got up just to hear him. And so this is why that passage that we looked at is so important. Cursed is the man that trusted in man. We have no business lifting human beings up to the place where God needs to be. I don't care if they're an apostle, what the so-called apostle, bishop, pastor, whatever it is. Ladies and gentlemen, when we lift people up, we are dishonoring God. You don't do that. You don't put humans in the place of God. Now, I'm not saying the, uh, uh, don't give honor to where honor is due. I'm not saying that. Obviously, you're going to respect your pastor. He's, he's, he represents the kingdom of God. Uh, he represents in the place, uh, glory to God, of authority. So we, 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 we're not going that far, but what we're saying is no one has any business putting a man in God's place, period. And what good pastors do is they teach people how to get a hold of the Lord for themselves. They teach people how to be, it's just like you raise your kids to uh, raise them, to give them away so, so they could be adults and gone. We should be, not exactly the same analogy, but we should be raising church, people in church to be mature saints, to be mature, not people that are stuck on milk that's coming to you for everything. That's why a lot of these pastors are overworked. They try to control and do everything. You can't do it. Glory to God. And they encourage people to look up to them. And see, that's that that's part of the issue of why false prophets can come in and do what they do. Glory to God, because people put too much emphasis. There are whole organizations that are full of bishop worship. You know that? I mean... They, they treat bishops like God, and the bishop is the biggest thing, and they worship in the bishop, the bishop this, the bishop that, and, and this jurisdiction bishop and that jurisdiction. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, it is ridiculous. Glory to God. And all of the liturgy and things that are like, see, we, we shroud ourselves in all of this stuff and then equate it to serving the Lord. And that's the problem. A lot of our religious activity is shrouded, is disguised, and this is serving the Lord. No, it's not. It's serving the purpose of that organization, that pastor, that bishop, that apostle, the, their vision. It's their vision. Glory to God. But they'll say God. Now, I'm not saying every church is bad. I'm not saying that. There are many good churches. That's what the Bible says. But God has put some pastors and teachers, you know, uh, uh, in, in the body of Christ for the edification of the church, for the maturing of the saints, perfecting of the ministry and all of that. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we just have to be careful that we don't end up on the wrong road. That's all. Glory to God. So let's continue in this. Glory to God. Rejecting sound doctrine. This is what Timothy says. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to, to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this 
Scripture is as plain as day. Do you wonder why we're seeing so much craziness in churches today? A lot of churches today is because we're in the age where people don't want to know sound doctrine. They don't want to know about justification. They don't want to know about sanctification. They don't want to know about imputation or glorification or salvation or, or repentance from sins and maturity and all of that. They don't want to know about any of that. That's not what they want to hear. They want to come to church, make me feel good, jump up and down on a few good songs, pray a little bit. Do that little religious thing, hear a message, which usually they go to sleep on, mind just as wandering, just as far as it can be, to get up, get up and then leave, and then go home and do what they're going to do for the next week until they're fixed next week. Now, usually these people are not people that come to Bible class or even, or even watch it online. They don't care about that. They're not in it to get close to Christ. What they're in it is because people tend to have a tendency of having a a religious itch they need to scratch to feel good about themselves. Glory to God. And so instead of benefiting from uh, a sound doctrine, they don't want to hear it. Because it brings conviction. It means they got to change their lives. It means they got to change things in their lives. It means they got to correct. It means they got to be face their sin, face their iniquity. As long as I can come to church, jump up and down, sleep around, be homosexual, still getting high, all these things, and not repent, and I can jump up and down and go and praise and run around the church and be religious and all of that with no conviction, they're saying, sign me up. But when it comes to sound doctrine, I don't want to hear it. And Paul predicted this day. Let me say this again. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. People don't want to hear about no eschatology. They don't want to hear about end time prophecy, the Lord coming back. They don't want to understand what's going on in the Middle East. So they don't end up back in the wrong side and all that. See, they don't want to hear any of that. No, they're not interested. But what they will do is they'll go from here and there. Here, oh, prophet such and such is over here. Oh, miracle worker such is over here. Uh, oh, 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 this one got a good word. That one got a word. Let's go over here and get a word. I need a word. I need a word. That's all you want to hear. But sound doctrine, sitting down and learning the principles of the kingdom and the principles of Jesus and being taught and rightly dividing the word of truth, forget it. I ain't got time for it. No one hear that. So, so a lot of churches are full of people who have no appetite whatsoever for sound doctrine. But they do want to go to church, get their ears tickled. Now they want to do that. That tickle. That, I, I like that tickle. I like that little ear tickle. And tell me how I'm going to get rich. That's what I want to hear. Oh, don't tell me about no sin. I want to hear about no sin. All that gloom and doom stuff. Uh, who wants to hear all that? Yeah, tell me nice things. We're going to see a passage about that. Glory to God. They will turn away their ears from the truth and turn aside to myths. I hate to bring, keep bringing this up, but aren't we seeing that today in our political discourse? People just turning aside to a, a myth, something that didn't happen, see it with their eyes, but claim it didn't happen, even though it happened. And then believe a lie. 
We're so big and believe in lies nowadays. We want to be lied to. We don't want to know the truth. Glory to God. Tell us lies. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I think this is one of the most amazing passages in the Bible. Isaiah 39 through 11. I use the New Living Translation because I like the way they translate this. It said that these people are stubborn, talking about Israel, stubborn reverends who refuse to pay attention to the Lord's instructions. They tell the seers or the prophets, stop seeing visions. They tell the prophets, do not tell us what's right. Tell us nice things. Tell us lies. Forget all of this gloom. Get off your narrow path. Listen, listen, listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. Get off of your narrow path. Remember, Jesus says narrow. Narrow is the gate. Narrow is the way. The path is difficult. They're saying get off that path. Stop telling us about your Holy One of Israel. They don't want to hear about God's holiness. We don't want to hear about his standards. Quit telling us about that. We don't want to hear that. Don't waste my time with that. Don't tell us nice things. Tell us lies. Isn't that something? Ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly what we see in the church today. The NASB prophesies, uh, translated this way, speak to us pleasant words. Prophesy illusions. Tell us when we gonna get a house, and when you you know that we not getting a house. I know I'm not even getting a house, but I, I need you to tell me that, so I can say the prophet said, and I can believe it. Credit jacked up, don't have a job, <laughs> don't got two nickels in the bank, but you want a prophet to tell you you about to get a house. Tell me lie. Tell us nice things. Don't tell me nothing about repent and turn from your ways. Don't tell me about that. God said if you would have repented, destruction wouldn't have came upon you. But these people are headed for destruction. They said get off the path. Get off the narrow path. You hear what, that, what he just said here? The broad way that leads to destruction is for hard-headed people who call themselves Christians. But they're headed to destruction because they just think it's just a name it and claim it and do it the way you satisfy, get it the way you want. You can have it however you like. You can have whatever you like, church. Go to you, whatever you like, church. Do it any kind of way. Come as you are and stay that way, church. <laughs> That's what they want. They don't want, they don't want to hear, speak to our solution. Mm -hmm. So now, where does all this come from? Now, where, do, where are these prophets getting all this stuff? Where is this, this false sense of the spirit of false prophecy? Where does that come from? We're going to see. It says, seducing spirits. Listen to what it said. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2 in NASB. It says, but the spirits explicitly says that in the latter times, listen to this, ladies and gentlemen, we're in those latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of 
demons. This is why these people are on the wrong road that's leading to hell. Because they're being influenced by demons. Demons are only interested in introducing things to human beings to so that human beings would destroy themselves. See, that's what sex, drugs, and rock and roll, all that stuff is heading you on the way of destruction. It's what it's for. That's what they do. And people who are out of the will of God, no matter what church they're sitting up in, because you've got wolves in sheep's clothing, inwardly they're wolves. Remember Jesus said they prophesy in his name, cast out devils, can do all of that, uh, uh, prophesy, cast out devils, and do miracles. I never knew you means he didn't have the power of God. You had Satan's power. Glory to God, Satan got power. You don't believe me? When Pharaoh went before Moses and threw his cane down, magi uh, uh, Pharaoh's magicians came out and threw their canes down, they also became snakes. I don't care what you say. Anytime you can take a piece of wood, throw it down on the ground, they become a living reptile. That's power. Period. So you have people who are being led and taught and inspired by demons even to the level to where they get their doctrines from demons. Deceitful, deceitful spirits. Doctrines of demons. Glory to God enticing people, encouragingly enticing, seducing people's flesh. That's what it's all about, seducing the flesh. And this is why Paul said, he says in first, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 3 and 4, this is what Paul said. Paul said, listen, but I fear, he's talking to these Corinthians. He said, but I fear, lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Let me tell you something. The simplicity that is in Christ is simple, ladies and gentlemen. You are a sinner. You need to repent. You need to come out. You need to grow up in Christ Jesus. You need to be born again. That's simple. Nothing deep, but see what they want to do is they want to move you from the simplicity, from the simplest, from the core simple message of the gospel. You are lost. You need to be saved. You can't do it unless you accept Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection that he rose, he died on a, a, a cross for our sins and rose again on the third day. You, it's a very, very simple message. Very simple. But they want to move you away from that to this deep stuff. Oh, this is deep. So this is why Paul said, look, he said, he said, I fear for you, Corinthians, because you guys are all over the place. You up and you down. You got all these gifts. There's no order in the church. Paul had to get them people together because they were all of them came out of paganism there at Corinth. Yeah, the the uh 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 
the uh, uh, the prophet of Delphi and all of them that were going on and doing all these weird prophecies and uh, uh, sacrificing the idols that they were sacrificing the demons and then they're trying to bring all that stuff in the church. That's why Paul in the next couple chapters had to get on them about the Lord's Supper because the rich was coming and coming to church. They getting drunk doing the Lord's Supper. Thanks. Give me some more of that blood. The honey proof. Till they drunk. Then they bringing food and doing all of that stuff, having big banquets. And then sister girl over there with three kids and, 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 and the husband done died. They ain't got no food. They looking like this. What are they looking at us for? This, God blessed us. You get your own. Paul had to rebuke them for that. Okay? He says, but I fear somehow that the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness. He says, so your minds be, be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom you have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit from which you have received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. See, that's what Paul was saying. He said, the problem with you is somebody can come to you preaching out the yellow pages, out the astrology book, out of some Kabbalah or some any weird thing and bring it to you. He said, y'all are put up with it. He said, that's your problem. You don't have an anchor for your soul. You're turning away from sound doctrine. So this is, somebody bring you another gospel. You go, ooh, that's deep. Oh, we don't have to repent for our sins because Jesus already did it. Be like Carlton Pearson. It ain't no hell. It ain't no devil. We all going to hell. We all going to heaven. Another gospel. These things are coming in the last days. This is why you see so much idiotic, crazy stuff in churches and you're not hearing the gospel message in a lot of them. You're not hearing it and moved away from the simplicity that is in Christ. So we're talking about how do these people get on this road? This is how they get on it. Listen to what the scriptures say. Glory to God. In James chapter number four, listen to this. He said, you desire to have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and you fight. Do You do not have because you do not ask God. When you do ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. He says, you adulterous people, you're adulterous. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? He says, don't you understand that? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy with God, oh my Lord, are you please listening to what this prophet just said? He said, if you're going to be a friend with the world, you are an enemy of God. He said, don't you know that friendship with them 
It's enmity against God. You got all these big preachers out here. They bringing in all this secular stuff and making big deals with banks and so they can build houses and do all this stuff. And all of this, and they're, and they're intermixing and they're being pulled into the secular society and they're hobnobbing with all of the big people and all of the names and, and it makes them feel good in their flesh. He said, but you people are adulterous. You're trying to have two lovers. God said, but you can't love the world and me. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and wealth. You can't serve God and money. And see, some of these people, they done got so rich. They so famous now. Glory to God. So, so the secular world will call them to come do their bidding. The one preacher right now that's uh, got a controversy swirling behind him now. Glory to God. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Controversy. Uh, 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 Wells Fargo Bank called him to partner with them to build housing projects and all of that. Well, complex, not projects, but to do urban renewal. Well, the bank that called him to do it is one of the banks that led the country into the recession in 2008 because they were selling black people all of those jacked up home loans with the adjustable interest and they were junk loans. They were saying subprime loans they were giving them. And these, a lot of these people felt it was that same bank, Wells Fargo, I'll say the name, glory to God, that now, so what they did is they called. One of the top ministers, hey, oh, come on over here because we got a bad reputation with black people because we were checking y'all over. So we need a nice little front person like you. You nice and rich. You nice and favored. Come on over here and partner with us. You have a friendship with the world. See, that's, see, 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 now, uh, and, and now all the problems and the stuff is seeping into your life because you partnering with people. What, see, when you lay down with dogs, you come up with fleas. We'll be back in a few minutes for a short commercial break. You must know the times, answers to 25 essential questions on end time prophecy, a powerful new book by Dennis James Woods. The world is spiraling out of control at an alarming pace. Wildfires, earthquakes, hurricanes, and floods devastate entire communities. Global pandemics kill hundreds of thousands of people. Social injustice, unrest, and lawlessness threaten our societies. Political instability and the threat of war increase hostilities between nations. The birth pangs of distress are getting more intense each day. The question is, what do all these things mean, and where is this world headed? Unfortunately, at a time when people need answers the most, many do not know about the end times. You Must Know the Times, Answers to 25 Essential Questions on End Time Prophecy, is an eye-opening book that is specifically designed to educate readers on a wide range of subjects concerning the last days. This book will equip you to discern the times, in which we now live. You will learn what the Bible says about the signs of the times, the conflict in the Middle East, the Tribulation Period, the Nation of Israel, the Mark of the Beast, the Antichrist, the Battle of Armageddon, the Rapture of the Church, the Return of the Lord, and many more essential topics. Discover the powerful message the Book of Revelation has for Christians, and the perils that await a rebellious world. The Lord warns, look, I am coming like a thief. The one who is alert and remains clothed, is blessed. 
Therefore, it is vitally important that you must know the times. Be aware, be informed, and most of all, be prepared for things to come. Get your copy today of You Must Know the Times by Dennis James Woods at Amazon, iTunes, Google Books, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. So what we want to do is we want to take a look at these uh, precepts that are talked about here in this passage in 1 John uh, 2, 16 and 17. For, let me just say it again, for uh, everything that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. For the world and his desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So let's just take a look at, at this and see how Satan uses these principles to attack, glory to God, to try to pull us out of the will of God. And so we'll see this uh, as Jesus is tested uh, in the wilderness in the name of Jesus. So the first one we're going to look at is the lust of the flesh. Glory to God. Now, this is interesting because it says, um, in beginning with, uh, with verse uh, number three, it says, so the devil said unto him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. So now what the devil is doing is he's appealing to Jesus's fleshly realm. In other words, not, and not talking about sin, I'm just talking about our, our human nature, not, uh, uh, the, the, uh, uh, all of the things that go along with maintaining your earthly body. Uh, so in that in that in that realm. So and part of one of those things is self-preservation. Obviously, you got to go to sleep. You got to drink water. You got to eat food. So the lust of the flesh, or the desires of the flesh, or the or the necessities to uh, stay alive and that type of thing. This would fall into the fleshly realm that we need to do to maintain our body, maintain our comfort, maintain our well-being. Are all in the fleshly realm. The clothes you buy. And that's the fleshly realm because you want to look good on your body, the things you do for your body, how you pamper your body and all these things. And so that's what the that's why that's where the three areas of temptation come in. It's either going to be the lust of the flesh. And so this is what uh, uh, Satan has come to Jesus with his, his desire to eat, because it said up here in verse number two, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them, he was hungry. So hunger is a desire. Hunger is something that comes from our fleshly realm. In other words, the maintaining or the maintenance of our body, our human body. Okay, so that's the first thing he tried. Now let's look at the next one. He went, then he goes, now when that didn't work, how did Jesus do? He said, he, he quoted the scriptures and he says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. So don't be trying to get me to uh, uh, come off of my, uh, 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 pull me off my square, trying uh, of me being the son of God without sin, by trying to get me to sin by breaking the glory to God or what it says in the word of God. He says, you man don't live by bread alone. So you have to come with something else. So Satan, said, ha, I couldn't get him in the flesh around. So let's go to the lust of the eye. Glory to God. And so now this is the next one. He says the lust of the eye. He said, then the devil led him up to a high palace. 
high place and he showed him in an instant all of the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all of their authority and their splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will be yours. Jesus answered and said, it is written. Once again, quoting from the scriptures, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now, the, the appeal that Satan made this time was not through his fleshly realm, but through his eye gate show you everything, let you see the bling bling, let you see all the glory of these kingdoms of the world and let him see it all. Because why? Because Satan is the prince of the power of the air. His whole purpose is to steal, kill, and to destroy in the name of Jesus. And so after showing Jesus all of these things, he was hoping that he could tempt him through his eye gate. Glory to God. And so this is how human beings, this is what happens to human beings all the time. It's what happened to David. He walked out uh, on the day the king should be at war. He stayed, he slept in that day. He walks out on his balcony and he sees a, a fine young woman bathing. She was naked. She was beautiful. He seen it with his eye. That, that, that was it. That's all he needed. And so people, don't, people who are marketing psychologists and all of this, all of them have known this for years. This is how you get people. This is why marketing and, and showing you stuff on TV, showing you products and doing all of that. Once that, once your eyes see it, you're going to want to do it. Uh, glory to God. And so, so this is uh, uh, one of the things, one of the uh, three avenues uh, that uh, Satan uses to bring temptation. So we dealt with the lust of the flesh. He, he attacked Jesus because he was hungry. Now he's going for the lust of the eyes. We want him to see all this, all this luxurious, beautiful things. Excuse me. And hopefully he'll fall for that. The next one is the pride of life. So now the devil take him and led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. He says, if you are the son of God, he, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he'll command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered and said unto him, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Now listen, to, now this time Satan is slick. <laughs> in verse number 10, he says, he says, for it is written, he will command his angels. And I forget, I think that's Psalm 82, 92, one of, the, one of those. And he's actually quoting, Satan is quoting the Bible at, at the living word of God. And so, and so he tries to get him there. But the thing is, is look, oh, you, you know, Jesus, you know you important. You're the son of God. Ain't no way God will let you hit your, uh, 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 let you fall and uh, dash your foot against the stone and get hurt and break bones and all that and die and all of that. There's no way you would do it. You can prove it right now. All you got to do, because you know you are the man. You are the man. So you need to go ahead and, and show us that that's true and how God has just sent somebody to get you. See, that's the pride of life. That's the pride. That's position and honoring position and you all of that. So, so uh, 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 you know, so, so things have to work out for you. You know, so that's the pride of life. You're the son of God. God wouldn't let nothing bad happen to you. So now he's appealing to 
to the pride nature that human beings have. And the reason why Satan is doing all of this because Jesus in human flesh. And these are things that humans are subject to. So this is why uh, the Lord is using these things, uh, glory to God, to try to tempt Christ. The same tricks he played with Eve. He showed her the apple. He let her taste, uh, you know, uh, 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 told her that it would make her wise so they could be like God and all of that. Then she ate it and saw that it was good and, you know, and she tasted it and all of that. So, so though he came the same three ways, you'll be like God. She saw that it was good for food. She tasted it and she liked it. Okay. And so that's, that's, that's what sent the whole thing into a race. So these are some of the things that are, uh, are basically that confront us. So bottom line is, and this is why we have to be on God on guard against the wiles of the devil. And this is why we have to be in really good churches that's gonna teach us, ladies and gentlemen. Let's listen to this. Being in a church alone does not insulate you from Satan's deceptions. It does not insulate you from that. Only the truth of God's word is what protects and set you free. And Jesus' example here, he only responded to Satan with the word of God directly. He didn't get into no conversation, no philosophical debates. He just quoted the word. Because that's what has the authority and the power is the truth. Glory to God. And so, and that's why false prophets are so dangerous. And that's why this role that leads to destruction, even though it has a lot of attractions, it's got a lot of things, it's got a lot of people on it. And it's where a lot of people go. You have to be more interested in the truth than what's popular. Glory to God. And this is one of the things that uh, an evangelist said many years ago. His name was Billy Sunday. And it says, sitting in a church doesn't make you a Christian no more than sitting in a garage would make you a cop. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's now that's profound. It's simple, but it's profound. You know, and a lot of people have this uh, thing, oh, oh, they go to church and, and just because they get up and go to church on Sunday or this thing and that thing, that makes them a Christian, that makes them committed, that makes them born again. No, it does not. You can be on a roll thinking that you are, are together with Christ and, 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 and that you're just uh, 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 hunky-dory and uh, everything's all right and you're just going on and float on through life and uh, just doing this little bit, never actually being born again. But you know, you, 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 have, you have some faith and all of that. The problem is the devils also believe. Glory to God. <laughs> but they not saved. They believe in God. It says many of the people on the wide road that leads to destruction are professing Christians, ladies and gentlemen, but not born again Christians. The born again Christians, the righteous ladies and gentlemen, they find the narrow road. They know what it's like to serve Christ. They have a relationship with Jesus. They love Jesus. And they understand that being a Christian and being in this world, that if you live godly and holy, it's going to bring persecution. It's going to bring things against you, but at the same time, it's glorious because whatever you do for Christ will not be forgotten in the world to come. Glory to God. And he will bless you here. God will take care of you. Glory to God. It, it, it's not a get out of jail free card for all your problems to become a Christian. Glory to God. What God has saved you from, he has saved you from hell. He has not saved you from the problems and the vicissitudes of life. 
He hasn't saved you from that. No, you're going to deal with that. You're going to deal with the problems. You're going to deal with the hurt. You're going to deal with the disappointment. You're going to deal with the letdowns. And and, and you're going to cry sometime. But you're also going to have joy in the Lord. He's going to teach you and lead and guide you in all truth. And, and, and though it says, you know, the steps of a, uh, of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Though he falls, the Lord will not let him. He will not utterly be cast down for the Lord will uphold him in his hand. Oh, glory to God. This is why we need to know Jesus for ourselves. Now, listen to what Jesus says. Now, this is very, very important, ladies and gentlemen. He said to the, he's talking to the Pharisees. He says, thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition." So he's not talking here, ladies and gentlemen, to people outside. He's not talking to the Islam. He's not talking to the Baha'i. He's not talking to the Buddhists. He's not talking to the uh, all these other religions. He's not. He's not talking to them at all. He's not talking about no karma and all these other uh, uh, religions that you have out here. He's not talking to them. He's talking to the Pharisees and the Pharisees and the scribes were the religious days for the Jews. These were the ones that were in the temple. These were the ones that was going to seminary, these were the ones that were literate, that had been to school, had were, were taught, that were, that were teaching in the temples, that read the Torah and, and did all of the liturgical aspects of worshiping God and all of that. The, so this is this is this class of people. So he's talking to them. He says, thus you are nullifying the word of God for the sake of your tradition. He said, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Now, this is what religion is, ladies and gentlemen. Religion is in many cases are a bunch of rules, a bunch of statutes, a bunch of, uh, of things that people have to do that men create that quote unquote get them closer to God. So what ends up happening is they, they, they build this religious system around the idea of worshiping God, but what's happening is, is this really has nothing to do with God. It's really their institution of religious rules and statutes and observances that they put in place because by them putting it in place, then that means they can control people through these rules, through these religions and all of this stuff. That's how they control you. They come up with all these rules and they put all that on the people. Now they themselves can't follow it, but they and and, and they want but they want to put the people under that. And so by having all these rules, you can control the people that follow you. But this is what Jesus said, you're worshiping me in vain. Your rules are merely human rules. They, they actually mean nothing. They have no salvific significance whatsoever. And, and the process what you do is you nullify the word of God through your traditions. So this is people working in the religious system of, 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 of Israel, working through a religious system that they have created, and they're the ones who run the church, or they're the ones who are running the temple at the time. 
Okay, so today we have to put this and take these concepts and put it in a modern day. And this is why Paul was saying, he said, listen, the time is going to come where people will not endure sound doctrine. They're going to want to go to places where they can hear what they want to hear. And so this is why this is so important. So Jesus says, you worship me in vain. If you are in a place where you are worshiping Christ and the worship is vain, it's not being accepted, that means you're on the wrong road, ladies and gentlemen. That's what that means. Glory to God. Now, I don't care what church, what Christ's name you put on it. It makes no difference. Glory to God. And then listen to what he said in verse 13 of the 15th chapter. This is very interesting. He says, he replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. This is what Jesus said. He said, leave them. They are blind guides. If the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the pit. So the blind leading the blind, you both go. The people that's following a blind you got two groups of blind people. You got, you got a blind leader and blind followers. They all fall in the ditch. They all fall. Because you're following somebody that's spiritually blind, no matter how many degrees they got, no matter how what office they hold, it doesn't make a difference. If they're not one of the ones that Christ planted, glory to God, they're going to be rooted up. God knows who they are. And so this is this is why this thing is so dangerous. And this is also why, ladies and gentlemen, as Christians, we are supposed to be responsible for reading our own Bible and study. Listen, every Christian should have a good study and reference Bible, a good study and reference Bible. Every Christian should have a I would say a Bible dictionary and a, 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 a not, not a dictionary, but a, at least a one volume commentary that'll help you understand passages of the scripture. And I think every Christian should have a set of Bible encyclopedias. Now we invest in all these other things we invest, but most people won't invest in their in their uh, Christian understanding and will not go out and buy the tools. You know, it's like I was talking to a friend the other day. I was saying, listen, if you're gonna uh, go out and fix your car, you got to move beyond the screwdriver and pliers. You need the right tools, glory to God. And and so uh, 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 having a good reference reference or study Bible, okay, a, uh, a single volume or it could be a multi-volume, a set of commentaries to help you understand the scriptures from, from another person's point of view, uh, get a trusted person, you know, uh, that has a commentary. As a matter of fact, I'm writing a commentary on Revelation right now. These are things that that, that aid people in the body of Christ. And uh, a, a, a set of uh, a Bible encyclopedias. They got them one volume where you could look up things like Jerusalem or you could look up the priests or you could look up Aaron and you could look up individuals and read about them in articles. And so it'll increase your study. You can read about Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel, the Bible itself. How did it get together? The manuscripts that come see all of that comes from having a good Bible encyclopedia. But like I say, most Christians don't invest in things like that, but we should. That's how we become astute. We can't just depend on the pastor. When you go up, uh, stand before the Lord, glory to God, it's going to be based on what you did. So this is why I encourage people to do that. And good pastors, they teach their people how to become mature Christians in the word. Glory to God. 
So moving right along. This is what he says. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, because you travel around on the sea and the land to make one proselyte, uh, proselyte. And when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourself. Now, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I want you to get what the Lord just said. He said, you scribes and Pharisees, again, you scribes and Pharisees, these were the ministers, the priests, the, the seminarians, and all the scholars of that day in Israel. They're in the temple. They're reading the Bible, uh, the Old Testament at least at that time. Glory to God. They're, they're reading it. They're worshiping the, in the temple and all of that. Glory to God. And they're doing all of this stuff. And he said, but listen, he said, because their hearts weren't right, Glory to God. They look righteous on the outside, but uh, but on the uh, on the inside they were like dead men's grow uh, uh, bones. Glory to God. So look at what he says. He said, "Listen, you travel across the world. You you know you 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 go all over, over the mountains, over the valley, over the, uh, the valley, the sea, the oceans, and all that, just to convert one person." And he said, "And when you do convert them, you make that twice twice fold the child of hell as yourself." So he said, so, so you're, 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 you, what you're doing is you're converting, you're making people worse. Instead of them getting better, they come to you and by the time you get finished uh, 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 evangelizing them, so to speak, they're worse off than, than you are. Twice the child of hell. He's a matter here, he calls them sons of the son of hell. Glory to God. <laughs> Ooh, that's a bad title right there, son of hell. <laughs> but that's what he said. He said, you, you Pharisees, y'all are something else. He said, yes, this is what the Lord Almighty God says in Israel. And, and that, now this is, this is an important passage, ladies and gentlemen. This is really important. I want to I wanna just park here for a minute. So far, we've been talking about the false prophets, the wrong road, and all that. Yes, they have a part in it. Yes, this is why people like the road that they lead them to, because it's a road where you can do anything you want. You can have Jesus and the world at the same time. You can play them both and still be happy or think you're going to be happy. Glory to God. But I got some news for you, ladies and gentlemen. It's not just the false prophet. Guess what? Guess who the false prophet is really responding to? The false prophet is really responding to the people. Listen to this. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and the diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. Now, don't miss that part. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. In other words, the false prophets are inspired by the desires of the people that are listening to them. They, they kind of, you know, the people that can read the audience real good and know how to tell you what you want to hear just to get you going. Glory to God. That's what they're responding to. So that's why these people are all on the on this broad road. They they don't want sound doctrine. They don't want good teaching. That's not what they want. They want somebody that's going to tell them the, that's going to lie to them, like we read in Isaiah chapter thirty. 
Glory to God. That's what they want. And so this is what the Bible says, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says, examine yourselves. I want you to think about what Paul is telling the people to do here. Examine yourself. Whether ye be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know ye, know ye not your own selves how that Christ is in you except you be reprobates. So Paul is saying, listen, it's, it's time out for playing church. You have to examine yourself. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about anybody. Worry about, understand where you are at in Christ. Glory to God. And, 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 and don't be so qu quickly pulled into uh, glory to God. Don't be so quickly pulled into these things, glory to God, that are so exciting and the biggest and the baddest and the best and the bright lights and all of that, where you don't get any conviction of sin. You don't get anything, anything taught that's going to be any value to you in the kingdom of God. This is stuff that excites you to this fleshly realm, the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. That's what the false prophets are going to push you towards because it is no good for you. Glory to God. All that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of life, the uh, lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eye and all of that. And so we just want to uh, uh, share those things uh, with you in Jesus's name. And so ladies and gentlemen, once again, I know teachings like this are tough teachings, and some may find issue with it. But the whole purpose is like what I said in the final scripture. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Examine yourselves that Christ be in you, lest you reprobate. Glory to God. Don't just sit up in a church and do it religiously. Because the only person that you're fooling is yourself. God knows if you're not, if your heart is not right. Glory to God. Or, or you're in one of these ministries where everything is preachers and cream. Never talk about sin. Never talk about maturing in Christ. All it's talking about is what God can give you, what you can get from God, the blessings of God, and nothing else. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the broad road. So that's why we're beginning to see so many churches that are drifting away from teaching sound doctrine and drifting and giving heed to seducing spirits. See, that's why we're seeing so much of this and so much compromise. That's where the compromise is coming in is people are compromising with the world. But the Bible is very clear, ladies and gentlemen, uh, 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 friendship with the world, ladies and gentlemen, means that you are in enmity with God. So to every Christian, every Christian, take this to heart. Learn, be born and learn about Christ. 
Not just going to church. Church Going to church is fine. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to come together to encourage you. It's nothing like being in the fellowship of the saints where Christ is in the midst. No one's talking about that at all. What we're saying is, is being in the right church. That's important. It's just like you can't eat at every restaurant. You can't eat at every person's house because you don't know where that food's coming from. You don't know how they cook it. You don't know about these people. You can't, you can't bring just anybody to your house because you don't know these folks. You have to check things out. Glory to God. And so this is why it's an appeal. The narrow gate is the one you want to be it, to go through. Because it's the one that's going to deal with your sin, that's going to deal with your commitment to Christ. It's, gonna you, it's not an easy road. Because living as a Christian, ladies and gentlemen, living as a believer of God, as a follower and a disciple of Christ, is difficult because the world hates Jesus. The world hates Jesus. If he hated the green tree, he's also going to have, this is going to happen to the dry tree. Ladies and gentlemen, just as they persecuted him, they will persecute you. But you have to know that not to fear him that has power over the body to take the life, take your life and things like that. He said, but who you better fear is the one that can take, kill your body and throw your soul off into hell. And so that's what we need to do is we need to encourage people. This is a beautiful life. It's a wonderful life. But ladies and gentlemen, you got to be real. Like it says in our final scripture, examine yourself, whether you are in the faith, lest you be reprobate. This concludes our lesson for this evening. God bless you and thank you. We'll see you the next time on the Revelation Revolution.